Dillon, up ahead, Winston. No one near him. And he's going to come out with it. And Michigan State is headed to the plus. Hey everybody, you're listening to Spartan Crazies with Ryan and Tim. Uh, today we're going to talk a little bit of football to start. Uh, then we're going to go into a couple of transfers that just happened and a transfer that MSU is actually bringing in. So I'm going to start out with football. So MSU uh, started spring practice this week. Um, I would expect there to be... Some movement after spring football with some more transfers, guys out, maybe a couple guys in. Um, but apparently, uh, I, I haven't really seen anything like news wise. Just like there hasn't been a lot of talk about it. It seems like there was a s- small little Zoom press conference today, nothing groundbreaking or anything. So, um, yeah, but, uh, so with MSU football, they're their top, probably top guy on the board now uh, for the 2022 class quarterback wise was supposed to make a commitment today and actually wound up pushing his decision date back and he doesn't know when he's going to pick. But uh, AJ Duffy from Florida, who plays at IMG Academy, is a top 200 recruit in the country. Has offers from all over. Um, it is uh, he was like I said he was supposed to commit today. He visited Arizona State for the spring game this weekend. Uh, did not pull the trigger, and people expected if he was going to commit today, he was going to commit to Arizona State. So, good news for Michigan State. I would assume that he pushed pushed it back. He's already visited visited MSU twice. Obviously, he hasn't been there where the coaching staff has been there uh, to talk with the coaching staff or anything because visits have not been allowed. Um, but he is basically down to a final three of MSU, Florida State, and Arizona State. The thing that I think MSU has an advantage in in this recruitment is that he wants to come in. He wants to start right away, basically. So... If you look at MSU's QB room, you've got Anthony Russo, who will, who's obviously only got one year left. And then, so he'll be gone by the time Duffy is a freshman next year. Um, and you got Theo Day, who I think, who I think is going to transfer out. I would be surprised if he's on the roster this fall. And, uh, You've got uh, Peyton Thorne, who, while he, he looked decent in a couple games last year, uh, I think that Russo is going to beat him out this fall for the starting job. So we'll see what happens with him. But he's probably the backup this year, at least. And then Noah Kim, who I just don't think is going to be much of a factor ever at Michigan State. Maybe he proves me wrong. Who knows? And then you've got Hamp Fay, who – was Tucker's first quarterback recruit. Um, So, I mean, I think out of the places that he's looking at, that's 
I, I would assume that Jaden Jaden Daniels is is probably a fifty fifty on being back at Arizona State next year or quarterback. Um, if he's gone, I think uh, I think Arizona State would be a pretty decent landing spot for him. But I think that MSU sits in a pretty damn good position with him. Uh, he wants to take. Uh, visits one more visit to each of his top three schools. So, and Florida State, uh, their quarterback room, they already have a commit for this class, but uh, they don't really have anybody upperclassman wise. So, I think MSU and their and uh, Florida State both offer the best opportunities for early playing time, but he would have to compete for with an incoming freshman at Florida State. So, something to keep an eye on for MSU is to see what A.J. Duffy does. I don't know how long this recruitment's going to drag out, but we'll see. All right, Tim, you want to go ahead and start talking about basketball? Go for it. All right. Um, So when we had last talked about the basketball team, it was a little bit of speculation about um, what they were going to do. We definitely felt strongly that there would be people who – um, we're going to leave the team. And then we felt strongly about the possibility that there'd be people um, joining the team via the transfer portal, you know, both ways. Um, and when we talked, this was just the speculation that, you know, a lot of people were making, um, including ourselves. And um, we had mentioned it, that Jack Hoiberg um, was on scholarship and that they would definitely be making room through him. Um, we, you know, you and I speculated that it would be just him removed from the scholarship, like a year by year thing. But in uh, fact, he ended up transferring uh, from the program entirely. Now, Jack Hoiberg came as a walk on, knew what he's getting into. Obviously, he's a um, son of a current Big Ten coach and Fred Hoiberg at Nebraska, but um, it apparently he thought maybe there was a world where he could win some playing time at Michigan State, that if he really um, worked, that it was possible. Because, you know, Jack could have gone to a mid-major and played actually at a mid-major, but he decided to walk on. Um, at MSU, he had a couple of um, cameos. He even had a start against Nebraska last season, if I remember that correctly. Um, and you know, he's kind of quick. I I literally saw people on Twitter saying they think he would be a better person to bring in than Foster Lawyer. I mean, um, and I'll say this: that what that's not a completely absurd thing. <laughs> to say, not completely absurd, okay, but I disagree. Um, now, you know, Jack. I say all this to say, um, you know, it's no hard feelings. Uh, I'm quite sure that he didn't. He's not leaving because he dislikes it. I could be wrong, Ryan. Now, correct me, stop me if I say anything wrong. But. Um, I think that this is just a move for he wants to actually go and play. Now, 
I know the first instinct of everyone is to say um, probably to Nebraska because to go play with, you know, why would he be a walk-on here when he could be with his dad? Yeah, I even myself thought that, but I think it's more likely that he goes somewhere to play. Um, if he goes to Nebraska, it's kind of the same thing. He's not going to be playing. So that's my take. Um, what do you think? I, I honestly, I kind of agree with you, but I think he could somewhat play in Nebraska. I mean, they're pretty terrible. So, I mean, who knows? Uh, but, yeah, I think he winds up at some mid-major school and tries to get minutes there. If it's any um, – if this is worth anything, I do recall Mrs. Hoiberg making a comment about, like, she really didn't want them – to be son and coach, uh, something just something along those lines. Like, she preferred that they would be separated. Um, I'm just you know pulling that out of nowhere, but that is a thing that happened. So, who cares? <laughs> um, obviously, we wish Jack the best. Um, you know, step back, Jack. It's fun to say he was a crafty little guy, um, but. Realistically, um, not not going to be a scholarship player at Michigan State next season, and also, you know, the chances that he would have a role actually in the team were next to zero. Um, so, you know, this is just nobody really is going to lose in this exchange, except for maybe you know the guys on the team, some of his friends perhaps. Um, anything else you want to add on that? No, I mean it's not really. I don't. I don't view it as that big of a deal. Um, he wasn't going to be on scholarship here next year, regardless. In my opinion, so you know, good luck to him. I hope he does well, though. Okay, yeah, for sure. It would be cool to see him, like, look up and see him, like, actually playing on like a mid-major that made the tourney. That'd be freaking sweet. That would be pretty cool. Um. Okay, moving on. This one's big. This one's exciting. I don't want us to get too carried away, but um, Michigan State, you know, we were talking about what they needed to fix. One thing that really absolutely killed them is they didn't have a point guard um, that they could rely on, at least, uh, heavily and to, you know, sort of fix a broken play to – uh, captain the ship. You know, there's a whole bunch of reasons that losing a guy like Cassius, you you know, what you don't have the next season is glaring. Um, they pick up a point guard that uh, you touched on in the podcast um, from Northeastern. He His name is Tyson Walker. He's a sophomore, but with the um, pandemic and eligibility stuff, he will have three years of eligibility. Um, if he were to, you know, use all of that, he was the defensive player of the year in his conference, the CAA. Now I, from what I've seen, that was probably mostly centered on his ability to strip or steal the ball, strong hands to get it out of, you know, when people, another team is dribbling, he's just really strong at just sort of smacking it out of there. Um, really uh, good at preemptively guessing 
and he's super quick. So, you know, he's going to be a a little bit of a different piece, I think. Maybe I think I think back to uh, Kalen, not sorry, um, Keith Appling, who was kind of crafty and could get a steal here and there. Um, you know, we haven't seen that in quite a while, a, a point guard that can get steals. Now, you might say, that's not really something that Tom Izzo um, sets up defensively to allow. You know, gambling, biting, maybe that will go away. That's a fair point. But um, you would rather have the point guard coming in be the defensive player of the year of their conference than not, wouldn't you? Of course. So, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and assume that this kid is no slouch when it comes to 1v1 guarding because otherwise that wouldn't make a lot of sense, you know, how he could earn this award. Now, I, I'm not going to sit here and comment heavily because I don't I haven't seen enough film, but um, from what I have seen, he really has a knack of getting in these passing lanes and sort of um, being a pest. And, you know, he's pretty strong. He's got some bounce. He's very quick. That's what I like about him. It's like a Rocket Watts that is, you know, like rabbit-like agility where he's he's bouncing left and right. And um, it's kind of hard to keep track of him, um, especially breaking through, like, the press with the ball. He's exceptional at that from what I've seen. Um, kid uh, – Broke like he literally broke some freshman assist records. Uh, from what I've seen, he can pass, which would be huge on a Michigan State team. You have to have a uh, pass first point guard, you just have to at Michigan State. Um, and then to top it all off with a cherry on top, he can score um, in all three phases of the game, he can get to the bucket, he could uh hit a little step back J on you mid range. And he can also kill you from outside, which I think maybe a lot of Spartan fans have probably ran to go see his performance against UNC, which was actually not that long ago, like a month ago, not even, um, you know, in that game, he was killing UNC from outside. Um, so you're getting it all. And, Ryan, this is the biggest part for me. You know, we hype up these freshmen. They're still like 18 or whatever, right? This is a guy who is playing at the peak of his powers, going into his third season of Division One basketball. And he's going to slot right in at a position that MSU desperately needs filled. And it – I mean – there is the whole transfer up phenomenon. Um, will it work out? Do these numbers uh, translate? I have a presentation on this, and I'm about to give it to you, Ryan. But first of all, I want to let you go ahead and comment on Tyson Walker. Yeah, I think he changes a lot of what next year's team could be. I, I, I'm not going to put like unfair expectations on him because – like you said, uh, for going up, it sometimes doesn't work out. For every Mike Smith at Michigan, there's a Jerron Falls at Michigan, you know. So you just don't really know. I, I think he's legit, though. 
Uh, and he's also not a grad transfer. He's got three years left, so it's kind of different. But, um, yeah, I'm excited about it. And MSU needed a point guard. So, you know, I'm definitely not going to complain. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's a great fit by all accounts. I mean, defensive player of the year, you're going to Michigan State. I have to imagine that that was somewhere in the selling point, right? Um, oh, yeah. I mean, there's no way they don't bring this up. Um, I, I guess we should comment um, what Tyson Walker said when he committed. I don't remember uh, verbatim, but it was something like, they want to win a championship. I'm the missing piece. Um, that's what he said. So I'm sure that's not incorrect in terms of yeah, it's a... Michigan State. You know, they're aiming for championships. That's for sure. Um, Tyson Walker, when you think of the guys who are coming up, and, you know, their stats are great. But then they have to go a, a harder league, you know, power five. Um, when you think of these guys, the ones that don't pin out, it's because they're – the way that they were so successful is often centered around um, field goal percentage, okay? If you're a senior in, like, the Ivy League or something – and you're hitting just crazy amounts of shots, and you're feeling yourself. Um, that's great, but how easy is it for your confidence to get shook, and you all of a sudden don't have nearly as much time to get these shots off, to where like all of your productivity is now reliant on like just hitting shots, and now it's so much harder to do that. You kind of see where I'm going with this, like. If a player is heavy on jump shooting, I can see that being a problem going up. Um, a lot of factors that would decrease your shooting percentage. But um, uh, Tyson Walker, that's not what he thrives on. And it's also not – he's defensive player of the year. He doesn't thrive on that either. He's just really freaking good at that. What Tyson Walker thrives on is he's got a quick step. He's incredibly crafty. Uh, does that ring? Does, when I say crafty, <laughs> I mean like the person that <laughs> comes to mind. You know what I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. Like they only said a billion times when he was playing um, Cassius Winston. And even uh, you could even say Denzel Valentine. Both of them, they said that word. Um, Tyson Walker. Not only not only is he super smart, when I watched him against some of these Power 5 teams, he's kind of got his defender at his mercy um, because he's a little bit quicker. If this guy doesn't guess the right way, like he's making a move into the lane, creating an opportunity, or scoring on his own. Um, incredibly dangerous. Uh, against UNC, I mean, their whole game plan was like, <laughs> make sure this guy can't hurt us anymore. They'd have two guys on him on inbounds. Um, he's smart. He's not going to athletically be out of his league. He's, you know, he's quick enough. He might be a little small, some people have brought up. I think that he's got a lot of bounce. I think he's got a lot of strength. I think when it comes to him translating to the Big Ten, it's almost a certainty his numbers are going to drop. He's not going to be relied on so heavily with the usage. But I don't see this kid um, just 
dropping off a cliff because now he's facing harder competition. And I even went further to analyze the five, well, four Power Five teams that he played this season, okay? Um, so here we go. Now, you have to keep in mind, um, this is just these four games, and um, they're, they're spread out, and some of them are sort of gimmicky-type defensive teams, starting with Syracuse. That's, you know, <laughs> it's an easy joke to make. Well, it'll fit in um, <laughs> if he struggled against Syracuse. But uh, he had seven points. He was one for one in his assist to turnover. He had two steals. An offensive rating on Ken Palm of 85, okay? Um, if you get over 100 now, this is a complicated formula, and it's too hard to explain. Offensive rating, though, it's accurate in terms of the offensive impact of guys have on teams. Um, you're over 100. You're looking at a super solid player, okay? Super solid. Top 50, probably, on Ken Palm. Um, Syracuse, he had an 85 offensive rating. Not a great game for him. Again, tough defense. That's not something you could really extrapolate across the season. Against Georgia. Now, Georgia wasn't a tournament team, but they are a Power 5 team with D1 Power 5 athletes. Um, he had an offensive rating of 116, which is super good. <laughs> um, 19 points, a 3-1 to one assist to turnover. He had zero steals in that one. WVU. Now, this is another sort of gimmicky... You know, Press Virginia, um, tough team, but this was a top 25 team, WVU. Um, 10 points, 3 to 5 assists to turnover. That was a tough game for him. Um, but, you know, a lot of this, if you watch his games, heavily reliant on, you know, teammates to help him out because he is the centerpiece um, of their scouting report. Um, North Carolina. This is the impressive one. 27 points. He had a 1-4 to four assist to turnover. He was doing all that game. Um, not passing. Well, not passing you guys that were hitting shots. Two steals. Now, these are all five power five opponents, or all four power five opponents. The average offensive rating he's got against the power five teams this year is a 97.75. Now, that's not lighting the world on fire. But it's also kind of proof that this kid is more than serviceable um, against Power 5 opponents. Now, is MSU going to be playing Syracuse and ranked WVU, um, North Carolina, you know, at Chapel Hill every game? No. They're going to be playing some, you know, somewhat gutter Big Ten teams sometimes, some elite Big Ten team sometimes. It's going to go up and down, but I uh, will present to you some comparable numbers. Now, again, across these games, he had a 97.75 offensive rating on Ken Palm. Um, Henry, over the course of the season, was a 100 offensive rating. Now, what was your take on Henry offensively this season? 
You know, he he was pretty damn good, I would say. He was kind of a star, <laughs> in my opinion. Now, a lot of usage. Rocket Watts. Now, we're going to get into Rocket, but it's kind of like Tyson Walker is coming in, Rocket Watts is going out. You can almost even say he's replacing him, but not quite. Almost, right, if you follow me. Rocket Watts was an 87 offensive rating. Um, Josh Lankford, 97.5. That would be under Tyson Walker. Josh Lankford, one of our most important pieces this season. AJ Hogard, 78.3. Yikes. I mean, I don't think it's come as a surprise <laughs> to you that AJ Hogard had a, a lesser season than Tyson Walker. <laughs> but point remains. One of those guys in that group of the guard, I, I included Henry because he was playing a lot of guard, um, even the point at the times. Um, only one of them, the best player on MSU, had a better offensive rating over the course of the season than this sample size against Power 5 teams I presented here. Um, I think that paired with the fact that this kid isn't just hitting jump shots, and that he's actually using his athleticism and uh, creativity to score some of these points, make some of these plays against these teams. Um, and then you pair the fact that the numbers say that, you know, he could even be really good at times for Michigan State, not just serviceable. Um, I, would, uh, I would say I'm going to put my stamp of approval. Uh, no, this took forever. I... I'm going to go ahead and put my reputation on the line that Tyson Walker will not be a flop at Michigan State. So, um, do you have anything to say or any comments? I mean, I like I said, uh, point guard completely changes the outlook for this team. So, I think MSU fans have every right to be excited about it. <sighs> I'm watching the game right now. Just started. This is a bloodbath. How like, Gonzaga I'm, just I, stripped the ball on like all of USC's <laughs> possessions. It's seven to zero. <laughs> My buddy uh, that I work with, his uh, boys were one of the USC assistant coaches, so he's down there at the game right now. And he was like, he's like, yeah, USC's got a chance. I'm like, yeah, sorry, buddy. I don't. <laughs> They're gonna probably get destroyed. I don't know how people haven't quite grasp the easiest thing in college basketball this year and that Gonzaga is (laughs) they haven't lost a game (laughs) why is this so hard to do you know how amazing that is it's incredible regardless of the conference they play in it's not like they beat the shit out of everybody in their conference it wasn't like they played they beat the two three four seed in their region by double digits during the course of the season yeah I mean, come on, guys. You don't have yeah. to overthink this. This isn't, this isn't hard to figure out. I said it. The Gonzaga's going the, – the one team I think can give Gonzaga a game is Baylor. Everybody else is going to yes. get fucking demolished. Yes. And, you know – Sorry for that, Bob. Uh, Michigan, UCLA, the winner of that probably will be Michigan, but who knows. Um, there doesn't matter. They're going to – they're going to have to play Gonzaga. I don't – I'm sorry. Right. Um, that's it. Anyway – um, 
that was just on the TV and it was bad. So we, I had to say something. Um, yeah, Tyson Walker filling an incredibly important hole, and this guy, um, I think he uh, passes the test, uh, the eye test for sure. Um, and the stats say that it can definitely happen. Um, and man, I'm not even gonna lie. You could look up next year, and he, you know, depending on who's the roster, who's on the roster. <clears throat> Amari Bates. Um, depending on who who's on the roster, Amari Bates. Oops, did I say that loud? Um, Tyson Walker could be the star of the team, dude. No doubt. Now, I, I would have to. Agree I'm with not that. sure. I would uh, like. Um stake my you know reputation on that one but i think he's as i would say off pod i think he's nice i think the the kid i mean he he's got game man he has got some major feel and he's quick and um you know he it's hard for me to find a a weakness other than maybe just like his size like because this kid is legit um and there's a reason Bill Self uh, wanted him bad. Um, you ever heard of him? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's as much as I don't like the guy. He's a pretty damn good coach. Yeah, who um, happens to coach a pretty damn good team, and he wanted him bad. So if Kansas wants a guy bad, I feel good about it. <laughs> I don't know about you. Um, yeah, I would have to agree with that. I'm excited about this. I mean. In my opinion, it's like this is almost like getting a five-star freshman point guard coming in. You could say maybe a really good four-star. And Now, you guys might be thinking I'm crazy, but let me remind you. Josh Lankford was a five-star. Um, I'm trying to think of other examples that one. Cassius Winston was a four-star. Yeah, I mean, high, high Deontay Davis had a great freshman season. But, you know, he averaged like nine and seven. He was a five star. Um, I think that's a pretty good. I know he was a big, but like you're bringing in a guy who's going to be kind of a killer from the jump. Um, And you have three years with him now. Uh, This is like picking up a really big recruit. Seriously. So we'll um, we'll wait and see and. Pray that uh, nothing happens. I saw Kyle Austin tweet that it's not like certain he's going to be automatically or immediately eligible, but I, I'm i not sure if that's... I would be shocked. I'm not sure if that's something to worry about. They're, yeah. They're supposed to pass a rule here pretty soon yeah. where you get at least a one-time no-sit transfer, so he's going to play. He's going to be able to Yeah, yeah, I'm quite sure as well. So, um, that's what we got on Tyson Walker. It's huge. I mean, there's nowhere, no other way to put it. Huge. So, um, you know, you got him and and the other, I was going to say other freshmen, but he's not a freshman. Uh, you got the three freshmen, coming in um and i think all three of those pieces are going to be actually additions from the jump now 
big additions, that's something you can argue about. But something that will make the team better, I think, from the jump. That's my opinion. Um, but now that we've talked about the addition, we have to talk about the subtraction of the team, and that is um, Rocket Watts. This was something that a lot of people saw coming um, for one reason or another. There was a, you know, some people argue there's a fit issue. You know, there, the comments made by Izzo and by, well, mostly Izzo's comments are a little bit telling in my opinion. When I read the statement from Izzo, it almost sounded like, hey, no problem. I wish you the best, which, you know, knowing his own, it's like he's not all that mad about it. I I might be reading too far into it, but what what do you think? I'd never seen him put out a statement like that before, so that was different. Um, yeah, I think it's kind of a – it might be a good move for both parties, to be completely honest with you. I mean, Raga might need a change of scenery and uh, – MSU, they he was just a black hole on offense for a lot of this year. Uh, I think he could have been fine with an off season, but I don't know, man. If you got Rocket another year like that, like this year of Rocket next year, that's uh, <laughs> that's a big problem for next year's team. So, I mean, I like I said, I've I've said it a couple times. I I think this this might be the best move for both parties here involved. Yeah, you certainly could see a like a win-win situation for both. Um, MSU, I'm not gonna lie, man, they were just simply just not, like worse when he was getting a lot of usage. There would be the random game that he would make it happen, um, namely, um, you know, a big one would be the Michigan win. You know, you can't can't take that away from him. Um, without him, they wouldn't have won that third straight Big Ten championship. I'm certain of that. Yeah, Holy crap, dude. Something that. just crazy just happened on, in the game. I got it. Um, I'm, I'm probably behind you. Um, r- referee just, like, collapsed. Anyway, um... Rocket, you know, it's just like a totally, like you said, a black hole. It's like Rocket's way or the highway. Oh, yeah, I just saw it. Holy shit. Anyways, sorry. <laughs> I hope he's okay. Um, yeah, God, that does not look good. No, I don't know. That's scary. Um, Rocket, he... <laughs> I guess maybe you could say he doesn't fit in the in the offense in terms of it really he's just a huge ball stopper. Um and that's the kind of opposite of Michigan State basketball where they're trying to move it as much as possible. Rocket gets the ball. He'd always you know, like just hold it for two seconds and guess what happens? Whole defense gets set. Then it's like, okay, do something incredible, Rocket. Otherwise, the whole <laughs> possession is t- like failed. Um, so, I don't know. It's, you know, 
is a guy everyone is excited about. He's had his moments. But I think that, um, like you said, this is going to just probably be good for Michigan State. And I hope that it also turns out to be good for um, for Rocky Watts as well. Of course, I'll be cheering for him unless he ever plays Michigan State. Yeah, I I, uh, I would have to agree with you. I, I wish him well. I have no ill towards him at all. I wish it would have worked out because you've said it before, he's from Michigan and you really just want those kids to work out here. And uh, I, I kind of agree with some people on the fit thing, though. Like I, I just don't know if it was a great fit. He likes to play a lot of ISO. And let's just be honest, Izzo doesn't really like a lot of ISO ball. So it's – I don't know if it was a great fit, but he's super talented, and I'm sure he'll be he'll find somewhere like maybe Louisville and Florida State seem to be the two teams that are most talked about right now. I think he'd be really successful at one of those schools. Yeah, um, I'm sure there are schools where he'll just get to do his thing and probably find his groove. Hey, hey, man, I'm telling you, Will Wade should go offer him a bag of cash right now, 100. <laughs> percent that would that would that would be a perfect fit for him. It's literally basically like glorified AU ball. So, I mean, it it. We'll see. No, I know it's the a lot of people have been making that joke in Alabama. Um, it's um. I I basically agree. I think that you could make the case that his style of play doesn't work, but also, I'm. His style of play is very, like, rocket-oriented, which that's not really what the sport of basketball is about. So part of me thinks, you know, there's a possibility that it won't ever work out for Rocket Watts. And I know that sounds terrible. Nobody wants to hear it. I definitely don't want to say it. But um, I, I don't hope that happens. It's just, you know, he was getting killed in some games this season off the dribble. You know, guys were just easily taking them to the bucket and then um, couldn't hit a shot to save his life um, at times. And it's just, you know, he's going to have to, like, sure some things up big time because he doesn't have this um, giant size um, benefit to make up for these things. He's quick, sure. But, you know, if you're not passing the ball or being a pass-first guard, your quickness is really relying on making the ball go through the hoop. And, uh, you know, he, as we talked about before, he was pretty, pretty historically bad in terms of his efficiency and in terms of his production. Um, and some of the shots in were just ugly. Like it's not like he's just barely missing. Gabe Brown, Gabe Brown oh, is yeah. like the barely missed king of the world. You can tell that Gabe Brown is just so close. Rock is just, just I mean, it's almost fair to say Rock was just chucking him, man. Just throwing some step back, <laughs> pretty, pretty dribble through the legs, step back, just chuck it, and. Oh yeah. Uh I think that with his tools he could maybe find someone something. Um but it it looks like it won't won't uh be at Michigan State, I guess. 
Um, anything else to add on him? No, I think that pretty much explains uh, how I felt about him. I, I I really do want him to do well wherever he goes, though. It's not like I have ill will against the guy like uh, Rayshon Benny. Obviously, he it's not the same thing. He never was a player at MSU, but it's not like I have any ill will or root against the kid. I hope he does well. Dude, Gonzaga's going to win this game by like 100 if USC doesn't. They're like playing the zone. I, I, I put a alternate bet on a spread of ten and a half Gonzaga, so they can win by as many as they want. <laughs> um, yeah, they need to cut this zone out, or they're gonna get ran off the court. Wow. I have a feeling both these games tonight are gonna be blowouts, but we'll see. And, um, I wouldn't count this. This, the coach is gonna make some changes, but. Uh, UCLA scrappy. I hope they at least make it a game. Um, God, Drew Timmy. I wish he was. Uh, I wish he was on MSU. Yeah, so bad. <laughs> oh my God, um, that's a pretty much a good place to wrap. Um, you know, Michigan State. There's whispers of more, and I think we all know the whispers are Foster lawyer Tom Skithier. It's like at this point, speculation of what's going to happen. It like doesn't even matter. We're going to find out pretty soon, I think. Um, it's going to happen within like the next couple of weeks. Yeah, the and then um, you know, Imani Bates is if he's going to reclassify, it's going to have to come eventually. So, who knows? Um, you could be, you could be um looking at an extra addition there. Um. You know, but with every transfer, um, you might see a, a transfer in, in terms of uh, into the team, like a, a wing or a big man. You know, there has been talk. Um, if you don't get Imani Bates, though, that wing group is going to be kind of thin. So, you know, we'll see. There, It's... This is going to be the craziest transfer portal of them all. MSU's already had two interactions, and the NCAA tournament's still going. <laughs> like, can you think of a time where it's any, anywhere close to that? Yeah, this is, this is just completely changed the ball game of the overall landscape of college basketball for sure. Um, okay, well, I'm gone from you know hopeful for next season to excited because you know another piece or two goes their way you know I I basically I've just been like daydreaming of like Trace Jackson Davis or something I know that I mean like just like probably zero percent chance but just that something like that, like it's just another major addition, and then they're flipped entirely into like a a contender for the conference for the you know for a lot of things. I'm not going to get carried away. They uh yeah I I'm not I'm not excited yet, but if you give me another uh, big man alongside Bingham and 
obviously, if Imani Bates comes, then I'm all aboard the train. But we'll see yeah. what happens. Now, let's talk about it for just a second, then I can let you go, Ryan. Um, if we just have no other changes, um, they would have to have – like, the roster is set right now in terms of scholarships. There's – there's um, – <clears throat> They have enough scholarships done. If a person transferred out, then they would have one extra. Um, let's say that that happened. Let's just say it's Foster Lawyer. Um, and they did have Imani Bates join their team, which is possible. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying this is something that we could actually get news about happening. Um, it's in the realm of possibility. Do I even think they're good enough to win a natty? Actually, no. Now, that's going to probably, you know, people are going to be like, what? But we're talking about winning a natty, okay? This isn't, you know, something you could just do every other year. You know, Izzo's only done it once. They would still be very young. Um, front court, I think, still, like, has a lot of question marks. Even though Marcus Bingham is, you know, was playing his best and. Do you think that, like, in, whatever, six months, Marcus Bingham is going to be this, like, totally different human being? I don't know. <laughs> so Probably not. You know, in my opinion, they added Imani Bates. Their ceiling raises incredibly. But um, I think you said it maybe in the last podcast. Madi Sissoko, in, in my eyes, like – you know, you could be looking at hey, he's the difference between like a great team and a you know, just a pretty good team. Maybe you could even adjust the words to from great to like absolutely elite. But um they've got a ways to go. Adding Amani Bates to this roster, I'll just say this. <laughs> it's gonna be one hell of a ride. Um But that's all I'm gonna say about it. Yeah, I I just I don't know, man. There's a lot of wiggle room between what this team could be next year. It could be there be another bubble team type team, or it could uh, be a team that contends for the big time. You just don't know. It it just depends on the additions, right. uh, really. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I I, I think if if you bring this team in this next year as it is now, I think it's another bubble team. Maybe it's a little bit better. I don't know, but I just don't see. Especially like because you're losing your best player. I mean, Aaron Henry. It's like a ninety-five percent chance. Yeah, he's gone. So you know, I maybe Tyson Walker comes in. He's like an all-American type player. I I don't know. Who knows? I mean, but like you you still have to replace that production. I know this year's team was really bad for MSU standards, but. That dude was, I mean, he played like a first team all. Yeah, you're gonna. Now it's year. not uncommon for a team to lose their best player and then be better the next year. Like that happens, um, and you know it's a phenomenon that people like to sort of analyze. But um, in no world do I think that MSU could somehow be better, you know, without Aaron Henry. But like the team is going to be significantly better at shooting. 
And I think that was something that maybe didn't get a, a lot of talk this season. I think everyone was just kind of like, yeah, we're not a good shooting team. And that was that. You know, the the way you win games was putting points on the board. MSU, like, they just could not hit that extra shot or shot in a, or two shots in a row or three shots in a row to kind of put a game out. They just couldn't do it. You know why? It's just mathematically they weren't a very good shooting team, and the chances that they were going to do that were lower. Um, you add Tyson Walker, 35% from three. You're going to add Max Christie, who's supposed to be a killer. Um, now that is another sort of we're going to cross our fingers and hope that that's the case. Um, Gabe Brown is going to get way more play, uh, almost by default, unless the only way that Gabe Brown doesn't get more play is either they happen to add a wing through the transfer portal that's awesome um, or, you know, an Amani Bates, which, you know, you're adding Amani Bates, you're going to have another good shooter out there. But Gabe Brown, good shooter. Um, you might see a more improved Hauser. I, I might be getting a little carried away. Good shooter. Malik Hall was hitting <laughs> threes at the end of the last season. Um, and I guess it, it kind of depends who's going to be on the court. But in my honest opinion, you know, you're getting rid of a guy like Rocket Watts that really drops your shooting percentages. And you're adding a guy who really improves it, um, who's also going to find other guys open, like a Gabe Brown or a Max Christie. I just think that this team is, in terms of three-point percentage, in terms of field goal percentage, they're just going to you know, jump overnight when the next season starts. And that is going to be a notable difference in terms of their success. Um, and then, of course, you've got a lead guard who will be able to hold himself defensively, and or we hope. And then you've got your center, your one and your five. Your center is an awesome defensive piece, and that if we're talking about Marcus Bingham, hopefully, um, your one and five overnight are now like these awesome, reliable um, defensive difference makers. Uh, right there, the numbers jump in in Michigan State's favor. A uh, couple of more, a couple of possessions extra, they're going to get every game overnight. More uh, better fu- uh, shooting. Gosh, I'm good at talking today. Better shooting percentages overnight. Um, I hope I don't sound like I'm too optimistic, but you know I'm. I call it like it is. Like when it's bad, I say it. Um, I think that this is a team that's going to be just straight up better. Like game one, just off the off rip. Is that a hot take? No. No, because this year's team was right, but bad. I've given my <laughs> reasons, um, and I think that yeah, you know, part coming into the season there was literally like we would just go like Rocket Watts, he's gonna play a lot. You know, we can't possibly see him shooting worse than this. I mean, he basically just did shoot worse than his freshman season. Um, at a certain point, like <laughs> these numbers matter, man. Like. If you didn't watch Michigan State basketball, you could have predicted this. You could have said, 
Yeah, you don't want to see Marcus Bingham shooting a lot of threes. You don't want to see Rocket Watts shooting a lot of threes. Well, Michigan State shirt up one of those. Um, I don't know if Rock, uh, Marcus might have had one attempt, and I'm pretty sure he missed it. So he got benched. Well, there got you go. For it. They they were like they're trusting <laughs> the numbers. Now, in a world where a perfect world, I'd love to see Marcus hitting threes because. I mean, he can. It's just I don't know. It's maybe you just want to trust those numbers because whatever the reason is, that's the re- you know that's what's happening. Um. So anyway, I'm excited. I think there's reason to be excited. Uh, I think this team is like where they stood a week ago has changed drastically, in my opinion. As Gonzaga goes up 17. Well, good thing I have money on Gonzaga. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Same here. This is about as ugly as it gets, fans. Hopefully the second game isn't. Like this, unless somehow UCLA is beating the brakes off Michigan, which isn't going to happen. Yeah, I, so. I don't see that happening. Um, UCLA has been in close games, like for the last two months. Like no, nobody blows them up. They're about to get blown. Up. They're going to get blown. They are going I, to get blown. I up. hope it's going to. Happen. I hope they're you're due. Not they're right. due for it. Um, I do I have money on too. Michigan covering the spread, though. So just because I've been riding them so like all I. season. You know, my money talks a different language than my basketball. So, um, I'm just saying they've been a good team to ride this season, ATS. All right. We've covered it all. Exciting. Very exciting. There's reason to be excited. I had one of my Michigan friends say, man, that ain't going to matter. And I was like, uh, I think it's going to matter. <laughs> when it came to Tyson Walker. They're also about to lose a few guys from that team. So, you know, yeah. it's definitely. Oh, matter. yeah. I mean, the outlook for Michigan's crazy. Like, we can't even. And a bunch of teams in the Big Ten. You can't even, like, big. I don't know what the You, you can't, like, happen. even right. like, begin to project where they might be. It's so crazy. Um, so, anyway, we'll wrap this up, Ryan. Um, just keep your ear to the ground, Amani Bates. <laughs> Dylan, up ahead, Winston. No one near him. And he's going to come out with it. And Michigan State is headed to the Indianapolis. Michigan State.